Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories in full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPRN discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and play. Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future anthology from 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at Galaxy Press. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Into the Night with Sean Kelly. How is everybody doing? Uh, we are on UPRN Talk Radio, 107.7 New Orleans, 105.5 Mississippi. I have to get that straight. Um, we're in for a good show tonight. Um, so I want to thank Carnation for sponsoring the show tonight. I truly appreciate it. And um, I just thought I'd get that out of the way because the show we have coming up tonight, I'm telling you, it's going to be a great, great show. Um, I got my friend, Michael Anthony, who has taught me so much. You know, he's taught me how to research. He told me, taught, he taught, taught me everything and I'm still learning. Hey, Cindy, good to see you. Sebastian, good to see you. Robert Carpenter, my famous PPFs member. Happy New Year. Hope it's a happy and healthy. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. But um, but I, I just can't tell you how much I'm going to enjoy tonight. This is the first show of the brand new year of 2024. And I am honored to have my friend, Michael Anthony, on as my guest. So without further ado, Mr. Michael Anthony. Hey, America and everywhere else and beyond. Welcome into the unknown where strangeness is everywhere. You are on 105.3 with my best friend, Sean Kelly, um, head of the Pittsburgh Paranormal. I just love you, man. Um, I do too. You know, I miss you. I really do. Uh, And thank you for having me on. It's kind of like a reboot of my life. Um, I miss some of the things I've done and do. And I owe so many thanks to so many people. You know, I've had so many shows with good people, and I, I should have put a post up, you know, <laughs> just to thank everybody for saying, you made my 2023. Maybe I'll right. do it. Maybe I'll just be, what, what does that call when you're a little bit late belated? Yeah, belated belated's the word, bro. He's the belated Santa Claus. <laughs> hey, listen, speaking of Santa Claus, I got, I got jammed into a couple corners with people's thoughts, but when you look at a jolly fat man surrounded by children yeah, <laughs> and a bunch of mystery elves, I mean, what, you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of strangeness maybe there too, because it's all corporate. 
But I had a great Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody out there, too. Sean, as you said, this is your first show into the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we want to talk about a lot of things, Bigfoot, whatnot, but I want to pick your brain, too. Um, okay. And this isn't like an interview, but I just want to get ask you to weigh in on a couple of things that I've been giving thought to that have come up through other people sometimes and sometimes within my own mind. So, you know, we know that there are people on both sides who control things, but they can't control what we see. Right. Or experience, at least maybe not yet. Maybe they're getting close to it through with this mystical AI technology and what it's capable of. But mm-hmm. we see things. We see paranormal. And yep. I was thinking, because it was brought up, and I thought it was a really good source of topic, that maybe not enough in the paranormal field of ghostly phenomena and so forth talk about this. And that would be when we catch things, like you did have that crazy phenomena of the picture that you got and some of the things that i've taken in the past as well as having orbs land in my hand and things like that and it makes me wonder how the past present and future might be working with that like are we seeing something that's just that recording like a doppelganger effect to something um in some cases it seems like maybe they do look at us um, and then keep going and, and disappear through a wall or a doorway that maybe at once upon a time was there. And then you have mediums that say they can open and close the portals and doors right. for spirits. Yeah. Well, if they can open and close portals for spirits, and I would think they could place us into dimensions too. And how some of that grab you when you hear about that? And, you know, like for me, I think um, we're observing them, but I cannot conclusively say i understand it to be something of the past versus something of current what do you think oh wow that that my friend uh again thank you for being on brother but uh you know i really have not put no thought into it um it's hard isn't it it's kind of like a mind bender I see to me when I walk into a room when I'm investigating and nobody else is around, maybe a couple people like we did down at that one place. And all of a sudden I just get these feelings. Hey Tony, good to see you. I just get this feelings that there are eyes looking at me. Do you know what I mean? It's just like piercing eyes. And I just get the feeling that I'm being watched. And uh and so I really, really don't make the difference. But with me being retired a little bit, maybe I'll start looking into that, Michael. You know, I mean, there's so much I have to look into because I basically went into places and I set up the cameras and did my paranormal thing. But I never took it to the aspect or even thought about what you have talked up what you just mentioned how about you how do you feel i mean i know you yeah, put, put your questions up if you have any what, what everybody's thinking that's what makes it all fun and um more creative in the show uh but yeah i thought you know like wow how are we really looking at it are we basing it all factually right and i don't know if we'll ever know something like that but then we can go to i guess voice phenomena in some ways when you when you're in the paranormal too um there are times that uh there seems to be intelligences having yes. a pretty substantial conversation, but ne- never the, 
See, I, I, I miss I miss out not being there. I want to knock on the TV or something when I'm looking and say, hey, hey, hey. I asked them, like, what's it like over there? I mean, you know, right. you're talking about um, uh, kin kindred spirits. I, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names here. Yeah, but you I are. I think they're great people. I mm -hmm. really do. And I think they have a very unique way of how they investigate, you know, information, going and talking to historians in the library and newspapers, getting people's names and sometimes curing something that might be weighing over a spirit's mind. Right. <laughs> Still. Still, um, but you know, when you do this kind of work and you do get some great answers, you never see them taken into a level of understanding the separation of our dimensions of this beyond and what is beyond. But one, one time, only one time I have observed this to happen on a show where a question of comment came back, says, and it said, I miss being alive. Ooh, yeah, I, I, I can honestly say, yes, sir, that they, they do, uh, would, some would say that. Um, I remember one time about the EVPs. Tony, jump in here if you want, um, if you have any uh, things you want to share. But uh, I remember one time, and I'm going to keep this short, me and my uh, ex-girlfriend, we went to Monroeville and we did a house. And before we actually did the investigation, we do a walkthrough. And uh, so I'm talking to the client, and she comes barreling out of the car. And um, and she loved using the EVPs, okay, Yeah. Uh, the digital voice recorder. She was good at it, too. And she said, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Quote, unquote, how old are you? And that's her talking. And you can clearly hear the number 93 hmm. and the client heard that and he said that's my father's voice and that's how old he was when he died yeah. so but what but see on the other hand of that i i know people that can take you can like crunch up some papers into a microphone right and you put it on the freaking um odyssey you know, it's a program where it helps a lot of paranormal investigators. And you can actually, you know, mimic that thing in order for that crumply paper to come out and say a, a sentence or some sort. And I, I, I do not like that when people do that. I prefer to have the live, I want to be alive or something like that, or 93. So it's like, I don't know. I... To this day, it, to me, it's a phenomenon. How how do we know that they're actually talking? Do you know? Is it from another dimension? It, it's it's just all mind-boggling and, and craziness. And I think I need to do some more research into thinking how it's all about. Because you're going to talk to people who are going to say, Hey, Michael, what you heard was a... Um, parapsychologist and what they do is that whenever you see something whenever you hear something it's all made up in your brain hmm. you know so who knows 
I don't know. Um, now you sound like the government. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up in a way. I really am. Uh, and hello to all your friends out there. And as you said, you know, just keep welcoming them. Man, cut me. Doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we were talking about talking about Pennsylvania. One of the biggest phenomena that really goes with a big question mark now, and I am not trying to say anything negative to some of our friends from Hangar One or guys I've done shows with is Kecksburg. Um, but uh, again, I, you know, I know that some people have come to conclusions and, and, you know, saying satellite, satellite, I, I seen the big radar go off and I understand that people did work and what on it, but there is a particular clip video clip that exists with Clifford Stone, uh, military observer, um, someone who uh, was able to, uh, actually sit with uh, the others, the visitors, and telepathically be able to communicate with them. And his analogy of something that came that night from Kecksburg to Wright-Patt was not of a satellite. So I'm still up in arms because, you know, I can't call this man. He's now deceased. We lost him a couple of years ago. And he's given us a lot of information, which is, let's just jump into some dogma here. Um, when we go into whether it's Bigfoot or ufology, it doesn't matter. But I will say this, you know, everybody says, uh, go to the woods if you want to experience Bigfoot. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of people that I knew that would talk to me on occasion, Bigfoot Group Canada, um, who would keep in touch with me said, you know, with every wildfire nearing 275 of them, 275 wildfires in Canada this past summer. Wow. No observations of anything coming up beside bear, deer, squirrels, raccoons, going to other areas of population. Um, no credible information, nothing. But we, what we do get most of what, when we talk about things, and I guess it doesn't matter where in the country you are, uh, what, and you're talking about Bigfoot or Dogman, it seems like um, one of the highest uh, reported scenarios is seen running across the road. Mm -hmm. That's like the most common. Um, also, uh, in some cases, uh, standing on tree lines and shadowing in and out, just as my body's moving, like observing but swaying, that type of movement, <clears throat> sometimes to be described as a big, dark, furry-looking shadow creature. Sometimes we're in the, in the foot, woods and forest also. Um, the red eyes um, appear. So these are like some of the, the top things. Um, on a rare, very rare occasion, um, there's a few stories that describe the dogman by being by trash. I've never really, I've heard that through, uh, you know, talking with people, having done shows, um, where Bigfoot is guilty of that same criminal offense, you know, <laughs> digging in the trash. Um, if, if the thing needs to eat, uh, you know, and he is of flesh and blood like we are, I don't know. I, I would assume that he needs to do that. Um, and if he can't, for some reason, forage off what is being provided for for them in the woods. Maybe they are coming closer because we do get knocks on houses. We have some of these other strangenesses where people get mysterious giant objects looking through a window on occasion. Yeah. And there's many stories out there where people have come home and find one of their house. And it's not all the time. There are some things out there. The same with ufology. 
And some of the best people, and I'm going to name them, Bob Lazar, James Forrestal, Bob O'Dean, Lieutenant Corso, Clifford Stone, Jacques Vallée, Phil Schneider, William Tompkins, just to mention a few of our historians of this topic and subject matter. Where are they all from? <laughs> Military. Yes. Military. Whistleblowers. Um, and some call that treason. Um, I, you why, know, would, why would they call that why well, would I'm, they call I'm, that I'm, treason? Because you're utilizing things that are suppressed that are under classified orders and what do they call EDRs? E, you know, the, the you know, mm-hmm. you got to sign the paper and all that stuff like that. But Bob O'Dean was at the top of the chain on classified Project Shock. James Forrestal um, mysteriously jumps from a window. You know, you have that. Lieutenant Corso. Um, <laughs> I think this is one of the most fascinating people that no one talks about. His background in the military, who he was, how he came up in ranks, what he controlled. Um, and it seems like he controlled a lot of the technology that went to Westinghouse and some of these bigger branches of outside corporate research. And um, when when that stuff is handed to them to reverse engineer, so is a pocket full of money. Right. So they want to give everything to the best. And this guy did it. Uh, I mean, Paula, who was a secretary to him, if anybody can look into Lieutenant Corso, if you don't know who I'm talking about, and I would think a lot of people out there that follow the phenomena in paranormal and ufology, et cetera, Bigfoot. I mean, come on, we're, we're all trapped into this thing. It, there's so much. There's so much. Um, this guy, basically, he, he wrote books. He wrote books. He has books out there. And I would suggest, and one's in Italian, so if you read Italian, um, you know, just be prepared that you don't get the copy that's in Italian. Otherwise, you'll be calling somebody or sitting on your phone translating the whole damn book, and you don't want to do that. But this guy uh, was phenomenal. And, you know, we're talking about Roswell. We're talking about the most important uh, subject matter that is proof, unequivocal proof. And this is coming through military and uh, Bob O'Dean, where he says, you know, I, basically his heart sunk when he read some of the subject matter that was in these, this manual book when he got to where he was going to um, relate to these types of things. So, again, another rock star that we lost. I mean, these are all people mm-hmm. that we have lost. Um, Forrestal, I think, just wanted to tell America the truth and uh in ways, I think when we look back to the Antarctic um, and Admiral Berg, same scenario. He would, they were attacked by alien crafts coming from all directions, and it ripped the, ripped the destroyer in half. But they don't talk about everything of that. They don't. And then his son, who had information, um, and sadly enough to say, he's no longer with us. He never got to his destination where he was supposed to meet with somebody to share his father's most thoughts on scenarios. We'll just say it like that with respect. You've mm-hmm. got William Tompkins that says we're dealing with outer planetary people. Um, you have Phil Schneider who was drilling to go down, building these deep state um, underground nuclear board and tunnels and structures of deep state military hideaways and, and things of that nature where, you know, he was, shot apart by uh, what he described as laser type Star Trek weaponry, um, where many of our our people, our military passed away and died in this fight that had occurred under deep huh. underground. 
Well, here in Pennsylvania, Michael, do we have a lot of underground bases? <coughs> we do. We do. But to, to what degree? I don't have every bit of information on that. I truly don't. But yes, we do have some of them. And I think you and I in, in the past probably have talked about it or I brought it back up. Um, but they exist to what degree. I, I can't really make comment on that. I, I have information that would actually enlighten everybody, but it's not right in front of me. It's in that stack behind me. It's a stack. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. It's big. It's thick. And I could find that out. And I think this would actually... What we're doing and what we're talking about in the scenario of the depth of, of this uh, night tonight is going to need more like a part two, a part three, maybe a part four. I'm just saying, and, and I'm not trying to worm my way into a platform to do this, but I, I enjoy who you are, what we always have talked about in the past. And right. it, it, I'll leave that choice up to you. But, you know, saying what I need to say comes from how suppression works, how things work, how black ops work. Why there's helicopters with no names, how bizarre things occur. And furthermore, you have another man that, that a lot of people are aware of, too. You have John Lair, who came out about 25 years ago. And I think he was on an interview with George, George Norrie, I believe. And they were talking about this is very interesting, very, very interesting. It might be talking about Bigfoot subject matter, but it was identified in an Air Force book that they taught from that there was an alien creature that looked to be in fur. Okay. So are they oh. telling us that there is a connection between UFOs and Bigfoot or the I... scenario of this particular type of life? Now we jump to Washington State. <clears throat> Military maps that describe to the soldiers when they get these maps and they're out there, and I guess they have to spend so much time in, in these areas. Excuse me, I need a drink. See, I, I believe I believe that UFOs and Bigfoot go hand in hand. Well, but you come up with that interesting thing yeah. to where he saw an alien with. Uh, yeah, where uh, do I have that here? I have it actually right here. I do. Okay, um, good. Chapter thirteen in the Air Force book. <clears throat> it's one of their own books. They teach from. And it may contain the smoking gun, hairy aliens, rare but exist. Wow. <coughs> that boy. Now, when you go to Washington State, they have it lab labeled right on their map that they give the military soldiers being in training. Right. So Can you imagine if that is true, hairy aliens, how big of a monkey wrench you would throw into the UFO alien yeah. investigating? Yeah. That and I think and I think the maps do it too, bro. I think the maps do it too. And when you, you gotta trust maps, especially when you go back and jump time. If you go back to Perry Reese map, I mean it was all detailed out without any ice. Mm -hmm. No ice. How how is that possible if this is the ice capital of the of the world <laughs> and always has been? Right. And then, then you can look at subject matter that even goes deeper. In now, map, I have oh, go good. Ahead. No, okay, no. no, I had um, no, brother. I'm sorry. I have friends or or acquaintances uh, believe that a lot of these cryptids, dogmen, Bigfoot, are man-made. What's your thought on that? I would agree that we are in classified genetics modifications of humanity of mixing 
man and beast together. I believe in biblical content of how that works and the symbolisms and the representations that you see come through Egypt and the Egyptian temples and so forth like that. Um, dog men like creatures standing there, you know, they all have titles, they all have names. Uh, so yeah, I would say um, very possibly, and that connects to today, um, what we're seeing in many ways and gods that were transgender, mm -hmm. um, they were in past history. So are they working a narrative somewhere below levels of ground? That's where my below level seven, when I do that commentary every once in a while, because there's not a lot to report on it. Subject matter is probably the worst to come across, but I, the, you know, Hey, every step forward is a step in the focus of good data. If you can share it. Okay. So um, I real quick, about that. real quick uh, sure. case case. I'm going to put it up. You ever hear the Montauk project? Yeah, I heard of hundreds of projects. Yeah, yeah, I have um, many. Uh, there's um, Jekyll Island. There's things out there that they've been working on. I mean, come on, look. Go to Siberia right now. Start Googling. Start GPSing it. Um, we just learned very recently that they took uh, an elephant and they took ancient DNA from the woolly mammoth and they were able to recreate woolly mammoths, and they are releasing them in Siberia. Um, 25 years ago, we cloned Lucy the sheep. I mean, no, this is not new. This no. is even mentioned in ancient texts that these mm -hmm. things could happen. And and the ones writing the texts, reflecting the, the power, the people of the power of the names, because it was a political reverb regurgitation even back then, they made comments that they could stay alive by changing vessels so removing consciousness to put it in a new grown vessel right. uh, transhumanism i mean we can go into subject matter like that and assume it but were they doing that back in ancient times um what's hidden maybe we'd have to go to the vatican vault because um a lot of subject matter is brought up that uh, exists there through people that have visited it and uh where again leaks have occurred um, we know that the Jesuits, I'm going to go into this. We have a white pope, a black pope, a gray pope. We have families of rich and power that own museums and own, own the East and other areas. California is actually owned by a family. <laughs> That's not a joke. It's owned by a family. You don't have to believe me. I don't care, but it's factual when you go into what I go into. The Orsini family is actually the name for Rockefeller and Rothschilds, the Orsini. OK, when you get into the Jesuits, they are part of a military complex that runs the United States military with them. This is why we probably see the woke occur. And I don't want to get into the political content, but what I want to get into is telling you that the Vatican is most likely the ones that I have been able to conclu conclusively point the finger at so hard, Sean, that these mm -hmm. were the project of the men in black. Okay. Which means their hands have been in everything. So you can go into the Tuscan Empire. You can go into petrograms. And, and why I say petrograms is because when you look at the Pentagon, it resembles a family symbol crest from Italy, Venezia. It's a oh. family who claim they own the Pentagon. 
Huh. Wow. Maybe that connects actually to the 9-11. And look, I'm not trying to go there on a deep. Not tonight, not for that. But what I'm doing is trying to just enlighten a little bit of a focus of what we see, what's going on. And I also want to bring Washington into the, the factor that there is subject matter of property there also that is owned outside of America. And you all know what that is. I mean, it exists. These things are happening. And they do exist. And then you have the Kazarian Mafia, um, Phoenician funds. Um, and when you get into all these, um, you start to understand in a way, tactically, that for a long time, these people have ran everything and always had the need to know. And we were the last people with the need to know. We ran under, we run under a constitution, but here's the deal. When you look at things like that, you may have it and it may look useless because they control narrative. Now, how that works in the world, whether we get, we'll talk about Bigfoot, paranormal, whatever, that it, they utilize words. Uh, if you're not a white supremacist, then you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, all I'm compiling here is the fact of terminologies that they use. But when you have people that are regulating their own corporations for what they can and can't do, there's a problem in America. Yes. Meaning they own the corporation, but they're also handling the disruption and the corruption so they can do whatever they want. Hmm. So it follows us through all these narratives. It follows us through history. It follows us by books. You know, if you were to go to a library and I put a post up the other day, you go to a library and you ask for a book. And if it's over 150 years old, they're going to tell you, Oh, that's been put away to be preserved. We don't pull it out no more. No, that is a fact of what they use called suppression. And as it is a project of suppression against us, because the further back you can go and listen to the authors that had none of this of what we have in front of us were the truth, the truth seekers and had some of the best information because their intel was much greater than what we have now. And right. right now, what we have an influx of terrible AI technologies disrupting and corrupting everything we do. So no matter what we do, how we believe in it, there's a structural force fighting against us. So all we can do when we talk about narratives or what had occurred, it all comes back to the same old pow, and it's bad. But we keep, keep try to keep our smoking guns rolling. And I have a lot of smoking guns and people that are um, within some of those. You got any other questions? I'll hush my mouth here. For <laughs> get something to drink there real quick. <laughs> No, um, I, I, I want to get back. Uh, uh, my friend Kaysen, he says, I think it's not confined to the U.S. The deep state owns 99% of all the banks worldwide as he hears. I believe that. Okay. And Cindy Mitch, who's another dear friend of mine, she really is interesting and so interesting listening to you talk. But I like to get back to where about the hairy aliens okay um that, that when you when you mentioned that that like really really opened my eyes so say like they do have and they are aliens some people think they are some people think they're not um now are they there let's just say uh scenario they are aliens bigfoot right hairy aliens 
Well, are, are it, they here to spy on us, or are they here <laughs> to just like throw a monkey wrench into everybody else hunting something that they know they're aliens and they know that they will never ever get caught? Dude, when you mentioned that hairy aliens, man, that just like opened up the sky in my brain, dude. It really did. It just really, really did. But well, it did the same for me, bro. It really did because it's when you come across something's being said that's that fascinating, and he's sitting and he's being interviewed by one of the best in the world, and and he was, um, and he has brought good information, and um, I think it, it's very trustable. I mean, he's actually helped Bob Lazar come come to the surface. He's did a lot for humanity. He, he's proved the pictures of the moon to be corrupt and uh, painted over. And he had the originals and he released them. Uh, I mean, this guy was somebody who tried. He also was very well educated in just about any flying machine that was ever created. Uh, he was a test pilot for most of it. Uh, and which is, you know, credibility to me um but what was mentioned in there one other thing was a description of a three-foot alien type with the big eyes larger head only a three foot tall they would uh dress in a silver skin tight type apparel of mm. some sort spacesuit um, now, does this help them when they're in flight and they're going 12,000 miles an hour and they come to an instant stop? And, you know, which would base, as you, everybody knows, you know, us as humans, we can't do that. Right. However, however, if there's two onboard motors doing two different things, then the craft has different types of capabilities. And we theorized around that. I've talked with other people about it for a long time, some with good names high up that know a few things um some not so but have great theories and when we when we think about it if they were able to disrupt the magnetic field around them then um you know they would not feel these uh, pressures on their bodies right and the other ones handling the gravity and speed because you know if you eliminate the outside forces that craft's capable of doing anything at once right which Tells, brings me back to a theory that I have using the magic of the atmosphere. And I really believe that we all have that power. Um, Sean, you and I probably talked about this, but maybe some in the audience, wherever we're reaching to, um, you know, haven't, but may have experienced this. You're in one place, whether you're walking or driving, just for maybe a split moment, maybe 10 seconds. Whatever. I know this happened to me. I was driving through, best way to describe it, I'm driving through um, Liberty Tunnels. True story. I'm coming back with a, with my tow truck with a car on back, going to Don Allen Chevrolet many years ago as a young kid. And it was like a blackout that never happened. Um, I came on the other side of the tunnels at the red light and I stopped and don't remember doing any of that coming through. It was like going through the tunnel. I was transfixed on the lights, something I don't know. Uh, I think you've experienced some of yes. these things. You live in Pittsburgh. Yes, absolutely. Was I, was I under some <laughs> sort of hypnotic something? I don't know. But I also had it happen not being in the tunnels. How do we get from point A to point B? Do we go through something that is dimensional that we don't understand that is like a, a duplicate of like a doppelganger effect of some sort? Um, do 
duality, you might want to say that word. Um, so did you ever experience something like that? Yes, what, what, yes. What is in that yes, moment? Where did we lose our thought? Did we I, leave it there? Uh, no, we did some time travel in there, dude. I, I, I totally believe that. I'll give you an example. I'm over at the VA hospital in Oakland, okay? And I know where I parked my truck, okay? <laughs> I know. I was right next to the exit, dude. And I ended up walking three floors through the garage trying to find my truck. And here it was <laughs> right next to the uh, elevator. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but I, I have heard a lot of people talk about that. And what they think is that they do some time traveling. There's just like that little bit. There is a mountain over. I, I will find a story for you. But uh, there is a place. David Politis found it out that from this point to this point, which is eight yards, you lose six seconds of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm aware of the conversation that Dave, uh, being on many shows across you know, the globe, uh, had spoken about that observation that they find. And I don't think it's the only one that exists because there are, has been some military people who've talked about these places of anomalies like that that exist. Uh, and portholes, natural energy sources that come from the ground. And I'll give you one exactly that other people may not know about in Alaska. Uh, same sort of scenario was happen happening. And um, I don't know what made the military investigate this in the way that they did. But underground, 150 feet, and I don't know how they got into this chamber, but it is a chamber. They found a black pyramid that was 100 feet higher than the Giza pyramid the great oh wow the great pyramid of giza a hundred feet taller now imagine imagine underground and the only thing when they say black to me is basalts something that comes from volcanic rock that may be able to be crafted and laid and structured and here's the most tangible part of the evidence that, that comes from this and this has been talked about if nobody knows about it it has been talked about um it self-generates. Right. And they said there's enough power that comes from this <laughs> artificial intelligence of sorts that could power up half the United States or nearly half power up the United States if it was sitting here for us to use. But mm -hmm. they said Alaska with no problem and plus and plus plus. So that's how it was described. So <clears throat> now we're talking about things that have a lot of possibilities. We have meteor effects. Where larger meteors lay, you have stronger electromagnetic fields also. I'll refer everybody to Blyden Frog Ranch that came out a year ago that's now just making news that they, in fact, are dealing exactly with this phenomena. And I think Skinwalker Ranch is another place of phenomena. So when we have this uh, structure or this energy source, um, does it do something to help along strangeness. And I think it does uh, because we hear of okay. certain types of creatures and entities. And um, Smith was just on a show actually on Blind Frog Ranch, I think that aired a couple of weeks ago. And I do try to follow when I can. So um, he's on. Now, this is a guy that worked military, deep state, talked about all the underground um, transport systems that we have that can take you from one state to another. You don't know where you're going. They put you in a lab through a window, comes on a Petri dish, a sample. 
This is a guy that has had 3,000 samples put in front of him, some of alien subject matter. Um, and it's for him to write down whatever the military wants him to do, and he does, and he did, and he, he did his job. They find something very strange on this property where this anomaly is. And it says it's snake-like serpentine DNA, but we don't know what it is, and it seems prehistoric. So oh, wow. I would tell everybody, if you want to have a, a, to watch a show with a little bit of interest, it might take you in this Emery Smith. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I call him Mr. Smith, Dr. Smith. Uh, I don't try to get him confused with the old spacecraft show. <laughs> Smith, yeah. You know? Yeah. This guy is somebody that's um, he really he's very well educated, but he came on the show. He was make, doing some uh, things and, and worked it uh, for them to try to identify a couple things that were going on because of his background. And he's able to do it. But so anyway, um, meteors, uh, they they can give off energies. It, I guess it depends upon what type you have. Because um, when they were doing certain testings using, you know, uh, pen uh, what they call deep penetrating, the, uh, you know what I'm talking about. They like, basically the X-ray in the grounds. Um, they came up. They know where exactly where it's sitting. They tried to drill down to it, and it it destroyed every burring bit that they used on it. So um, what's it made of? Gold, iron? Oh, oh. Oh, you're talking about that real big one out there in the space. Most of it's gold. Gold. No, no, I'm talking about the one that's underground um, that they oh. have just, that anomaly that they have just found. I know that they claim that they have found something in space and they says it's quadrillions of amounts of gold and diamonds yeah. and things like that. Well, you bring all that back in. Who's it for? You're not, it's <laughs> not going to do anything for us. Well, you know, what? Us to get excited about something that's going to go turned over to the families of the world that are controlling the world. Um, yeah. But that, this well, is why they, you have to understand this is their military. It's not ours. Right. But look at Elon Musk. Think about it. Hey, Virginia. Welcome back. I'm glad you made it home safe. Um, but think about it. Elon Musk could probably send people up there on that meteor and start prospecting that gold and bringing it back for himself, dude. I guess there's a high probability, in fact, to that, if we're actually able to leave this whole complexity of the big question of the ferment. Um, can we get through it? Um, many people said we're still fighting to get through it. And uh, I think one of the last rockets that, uh, test rockets that were sent up, exploded at the top of... Yeah. The atmosphere, stratosphere, atmosphere, stratosphere. So I don't know. I, I mean, we could be <laughs> being lied to on, on a very huge level. Why I say that is uh, something was sent to me that a guy was doing GPSing. Uh, so he, he's coordinating, he's going through, and he just likes to look at things. And he came up with a bunch of NASA equipment up near, I think it was Ireland, on an island where they were all situated and had Land Rovers and everything that you would find on Mars there. Huh. They had quads they, and, and there was no fixtures. There was no life outside of them. And it was a rather big place, but an undeveloped place. And they were utilizing it for what may be the biggest lie. One of the biggest lies ever told to us. Maybe we never sent anything to Mars 
and we're just fictionalizing it for entertainment purposes for us to keep right. us focused somewhere else. No disastrous no. plan. It's no. it's not right. Dude, if that's what ever, doing. ever since they said that they made their mission to Mars, I just said they are full of shit because I don't think they're on Mars. And that's my opinion. That's my well, opinion. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I know. Mm -hmm. and, and then you would be in, in a landmark battle fight with Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer, because, you know, uh, we may have had technology solved problem solved 50 years ago, but were we able to get it off this planet to utilize it? And this is where the maps get interesting, as I brought up, like with the Perry Reese map and so forth. When we look at, at the other observations um, of what the Vatican has controlled and gave orders to do, one of them, which makes me say they can restructure and deliver to us anything they want us to see if they want us to see it. That was to enlarge the United States. Not that it did, excuse me, by size, but by look. So when you opened up, the United States looked the largest. And in fact, we're not. Right. But on paper, you look at it and say, wow, it's outstanding. It's huge. But it's not. It's just how they compiled the artwork together to make it look. The Mandela effect. It's like one game, the guy has the monocle on the box. The next yeah. year you buy it, the monocle's gone. We live in that Mandela effect. And mm -hmm. I believe that they are guiding it. And they always have been, which mm -hmm. means this goes back theoretically a couple hundred years with no problem. But it goes much deeper in that. And that because the bloodlines do go back to the Gilgamesh times and Nimrod and things like that, where these people of the Orsini, Rothschild, Rockefeller and others. And there are others who have adapted from this name to other names um, because of agendas. And that would make claim for us to understand why we see what we see now, but also why everything gets twisted into a fairy tale. Or it looks right. like we're just so damn crazy. When, <laughs> you know, they're trying to, you know, do what they can to put us in an element of place that suits them. Right. And that's where we're at. So you have all this kind of stuff, and it doesn't matter. I mean, we have eyewitnesses that come forward, like Betty and Barney Hill and countless others. Um, you have uh, Bigfoot encounters that have occurred that were seen. You have... Uh, Albert Osterman, I, I think I'm pronouncing the last name right. This is early in the 19th century. Um, I think it was in the 20s, to be honest with you. And I read the story um, where this man said he was abducted by a family, I believe, of six who kept him in a cave. And slowly, you know, they didn't bother him. They sort of tried to feed him and different things like that. And this, his experience is now in the history books and it's being written written about. One of your guests who come on, who was a friend of mine who I did shows with, Russell Easterbrooks, put him into a book, actually. So um, you have that type of example of where we are. In 67, you had the Patty film, an eight, eight millimeter film, I believe. And it was like maybe nine, 10 seconds long. One of the only clearest document documents that we have it's been tested, retested, theorized, theorized over and over again and speculated on, and nobody can disprove it. Nobody can disprove it. The mm -hmm. same when we had the rocket that went up with uh, a missile head on it. 
a live missile head, and uh, it goes up into the stratosphere, and it's being filmed out of NASA. And this spacecraft comes in, and it's going all around. Here's here's the head of the craft. Well, let me get my finger down. Here's the head of the craft, and this thing is shooting lasers into it all the way around, then goes, boom, gone, and it explodes. Huh. Um, we have factual hmm. videos of many things that exist out there. You have Pro Provo Canyon in 2012, um, you know, where you have uh, the story from Ernie Dubois, another guy that comes in and highly credible story. Um, things said that are abnormal to what we hear from other people, meaning the way I'm saying that is data. Great data when you listen to the words and you really allow yourself to digest it. Another one was a, a guy that I did things with, Matt, I believe it's called, his last name is Emich? Emich, Emich, yeah. He's e good. E-M-C-H. So, um, you know, incredible story uh, that surrounds things. Now, that's some up-to-date things. There's many that go back. I mean, we have 1921, the uh, Mount Everest um, expedition, um, who brought back footprints in a place that no one ever had gone to before. So here they brought back the first ones. You have Tom Slick in 1958, a millionaire who, um, who brought back um, from his expedition with a lot of people. He, he did a couple of expeditions. He realized, though, he was having problems in his place of it, where they were uh, doing their work and, and scientific you know, studies, that it's better to have less than more. So some mistakes were made, but he was able to come out conclusively at, with prints, filmings and pictures of beds and structures, fecal matter and hair. Same with Russia, same with China, and always coming back to the same conclusion. Unknown subject matter. Huh. So, you know, these are just some things given some locals, some props and saying hey to you because you know i do believe in what they um have told me and what they have uh you know i believe their statements i mean the stories are incredible in some ways and there's many more out there like right. that on the platform that we need to observe more and don't take that off the plate i'll give you a minute to you know do anything you have to do anything for carnation yet no i I'm did it at the beginning of the show oh, but... i'll do it for them again thank you carnation <laughs> just but... so you know my friend Sebastian Moran says, great show. Cindy says, amazing show. Um, yes, this has been an amazing show. We got about five minutes up before I got to. Is that it? Yeah. That's oh, it. Jesus, man. Did. I didn't even get to a, a, a I small. I told you this would never work in an hour. No. But I do believe it's it, it, this is the best way mm -hmm. To cross the path of what we see, what we don't see, what's real, what's reality, what comes from the old st stories versus the new stories. And what I do see most commonly is what I said at the beginning, and I'll just give a quick repeat on it. <coughs> the most seen subject matter when it comes to Bigfoot are them running across the road. I don't know if it's just, you know, I'm sure it has happened, you know, but it is what it is. Um yeah. In the, tree, in the tree lines, although we have guys like Bill Rigby out there who does some things and tries to do studies and um, uh, gets involved with conventions now and things like that. Um, he talks about his encounter where just momentarily it was something in front of him. 
Um, and I, I don't think that people are lying. There's just too much evidence pointing in the opposite direction. But totally I think agree. we need I think we need to direct at some point in the future where you and I can get to this point, talk about it or, or go into a different type of subject matter and take people in. Uh, now, while we're in the last minute, I'll do this really quick, because when we come into a point of unknown, um, here's one for you. A man named Ron Wyatt, um, explore holy things, Jesus, the cross, place of burial, place of uh, the cross, digs under that place where supposedly the cross once stood, where Jesus was nailed to it. And um, dug down into the ground in, in a very close area to it. And there was claim that he found the Ark of the Covenant there. As well, not only finding the Ark of the Covenant, he found blood, black blood. Hmm. And it, it, of course, being dried, it could be black. He had it checked, only of 24 chromosomes, which means whatever it was only had a mother. It never had a father. Oh, well. I don't make these things up. I researched <laughs> And this guy found chariots in the ocean. It's like he was a radar. He found, he found the ark, Noah's ark. Well, what we well. know as Noah's ark, but I don't call it Noah's ark because these names in the books have been changed from, for whatever purposes. I don't want to go into there, but I would go into there whenever you want. So we didn't really accomplish anything you wanted, did we? The, yes, we did. You just don't know how much we did because I am going to ask you to come back maybe like in February and we're going to do two shows. I'll have you on a Sunday night hour and a Tuesday night hour because with you just mentioning freaking hairy freaking aliens, dude. I'll get you like, some more on that. Oh my. But listen, we got to go. Um, we got another show coming behind us. Um, Michael, how can people get a hold of you? <clears throat> Through you. Through me. So if you need any questions, <laughs> okay, hey, I'll do it. That's not a problem. If you want me back, tell Sean. If you want me back, tell Sean. <laughs> but, I um, love it here. I do. I, I, lo I, I love you, And brother. I love having you here, too, on the show, my friend. But on that note, my real quick, got to say, welcome to the first show of 2024. It was an excellent one. Um, I got the best that's going to be coming on now for 2024. And starting off with michael anthony i'm telling you you can't go wrong but listen everybody have a good night uh thank you for listening and we're definitely going to have michael on pretty soon down the future and uh, you know give everybody a hug happy new year to everybody happy new year happy and on new that year. note good night everybody <clears throat>